Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Time Rewind Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Stoll, and with me as always is my friend, Michael Whifford. Hello. So today on episode nine, we are going to get into some potential spoilers. So we want to give everybody a heads up right now that if you don't want to have any potential spoilers come your way, uh, that you might want to skip out on this particular episode here. Um, we will give into some other things, but we will give plenty of notice before we dive into any content that could be considered spoiler. Uh, we want to try to keep the or be considered a spoiler. We want to try to keep this podcast as spoiler free as we possibly can, so that both new and um, existing fans of the series will be able to enjoy it to the fullest. But what fun is there without speculation? So we will uh, deviate from that spoiler-free <laughs> content and uh, dive in today with some stuff for you. Um, first of all, though, just want to put out a reminder about where you can reach the show if you want to submit anything to us, any questions, have any comments... Um, anything like that, you can do so by sending an email to wheelofTimerewind at gmail.com. Or if you're on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, at WOTRewind, feel free to tag us in anything. Feel free to direct message us. We'll read anything we get like that out on the show. Um, but first, before we get into the spoiler content... Let's talk about our book updates. So, Mike, where are you right now as far as your reading goes? <laughs> Still in progress with book four, The Shadow Rising of the Wheel of Time. I think I'm going to be on this one for a little while. That's a long book. What about you, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you on Shadow Rising, which is book four of the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Uh, whereabouts are you, though? Because I'm wondering if I overtook you. You probably did. I didn't really read too much this week. Uh, just leaving the tier. Just leaving tier. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have 14 hours and 47 minutes left in the book. Gosh. So I'm guessing you have over 20 still? <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, Shadow Rising, like Mike alluded to, is a very long book. Uh, this right here is where the book starts to expand beyond like the first three are kind of considered a little mini trilogy and this is where like the giant more world building act of wheel of time starts to take place so it's a phenomenal story i love it and this is where um this book here is where you see matt start to become the character he is that is why myself and Dylan's a lot of favorite. the fandom love him yes so <laughs> He's a fantastic character, and that's from this point on. Previously, he can be a little petulant, but he's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. before we get into any spoiler content, and I know I'm giving a lot of warnings here, but that's <laughs> on purpose. So, yeah. um, I'm going to make it firm and clear right here. From this point on, will potentially be spoiler-filled. Um, so, if you wish to remain in the dark or don't want to hear any content that could ruin your enjoyment of the show i highly recommend that you skip the rest of this episode and have a good one 
But if you're still here and want to listen to some of our crazy theories and what we feel like <laughs> is going to come about with the show, that's what we're here for. So we're going to get started today with a little reading of the Koreathon cycle. So, Mike, go ahead and launch away. The Koreathon cycle, the prophecies of the dragon. And it shall come to pass that what men made shall be shattered, and the shadow shall lie across the pattern of the age, and the dark one shall once more lay his hand upon the world of man. Women shall weep, and men quail as the nations of the earth are rent like rotting cloth. Neither shall anything stand or abide. The shadow shall rise across the world and darken every land, even to the smallest corner. And there shall be neither light nor safety. And he who shall be born of the dawn, born of the maiden according to prophecy, he shall stretch forth his hands to catch the shadow. And the world shall scream in the pain of salvation. All glory be to the Creator and to the light, and to he who shall be born again. May the light save us from him. Yet one shall be born to face the shadow, born once more as he was born before, and shall be born again, time without end. The dragon shall be reborn, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth at his rebirth. In sackcloth and ashes shall he clothe the people, and he shall break the world again by his coming, tearing apart all ties that bind. Like the unfettered dawn shall he blind us and burn us. Yet shall the dragon reborn confront the shadow at the last battle, and his blood shall give us the light. Let tears flow, O ye people of the world. Weep for your salvation. <laughs> Phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. I got chills. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I was kind of going for a little more on the high chant end of things, but I don't know. Probably not that good. Uh Phenomenal job. Uh, so the reason why we had we had Mike read the part of the Koreathon cycle here, um, or the prophecies of the dragon as they're also known, is because we want to dive into this dragon reborn debate head on and just let you guys know our thoughts on this. Because as many of you may have heard, the first 60 seconds of the show were released. So we have our first actual clip that is in chronological order that has been released from the show. And in this clip, Moraine talks about where the show is going to be going, provides a little exposition for the show, and talks about how the Dragon Reborn has been or is coming of age and needs to be found. However, the White Tower and Moraine don't know whether the Dragon Reborn was born a male or a female, a boy or a girl, as she puts it in the trailer here. And this is big news for anybody that's familiar with the book series, because in the book series and throughout the Koreathon cycle that Mike just read and other passages from the Koreathon cycle as well, it mentions how the Dragon Reborn is in fact a he, a male. However, let's have a little chat here and talk about what we might be thinking. 
So, Mike, why don't you give us your thoughts on, first of all, the 60 seconds we saw, and also, what is your reaction to this potential change? So, we watched the clip um, together here, and have to say that I like that they're laying out this foundation, giving everyone a taste, but I'd also like to remind people um, what we've learned about Aes Sedai is that they speak the truth, but what we often think we hear from an Aes Sedai isn't actually the truth that you thought you heard. And so that's something to remember as they go in, as we go into the series, because I think the, um, if the, well, if the uh, producers and the directors are really smart, they'll play with that um, because they'll be able to play with the audience's heartstrings a little bit more, especially those of us who have read the books. We're not going to get a direct book to TV translation. I mean, we already know that. That can't happen. Otherwise, this series would be 3,000 seasons long of eight episodes. <laughs> and that's only book one. Uh, just kidding on that. But seriously, like Robert Jordan's writing was is beautiful, and his description is fantastic. And so they have to do a lot to convey um, these things visually for us. Now, I'm getting a little bit away from where I want to go with that. So let me come back and say that um, in this clip, we get very brief exposition for where Maureen's going, why she's doing it, kind of the history of the world, which a lot of us readers already know. And me and Dylan debated a little bit on it, but I take away that this is, everything she said is true. Um, it was just a nice that I answer for some things. So when she was talking about the breaking of the world and how, you know, is the arrogance of man thinking they could seal the dark one's uh, prison or the shadow uh, she doesn't really go into too much detail and what she did say is true technically I mean was it the dark one who caused the world to move around and all that not directly but by um, corrupting the true source of, or a Sidene that caused the men to go crazy and do those things so I think that was well done then we get into the gender bit of it and I'm not trying to start a whole... I saw a lot of people on Facebook and everywhere else going crazy over it. Um, personally, I think that the directors are adding this element to add a little bit of mystique to it so that like audience members who don't already know may think it's Egwene or Nynaeve as they're going through their adventures. And I get it, and that's fine. I mean that's perfectly fine in my opinion because you want to add like an extra element to the show and make those characters seem just as important early on to the audience members who don't know them and who don't know where they end up and like have the audience care about them because you can't get into every little nuance bit of their relationship together but uh, I do understand that if and I completely again I don't think they're going to change who the Dragon Reborn is. It's going to be Rand. Let's, you know, just throw that out there. They can't change that. If they do, they're going to lose the whole book audience because then it leads into so many other questions, which I know, Dylan, you're going to bring up here in just a minute. But my viewpoint is they want to add some mystique to the show. I know people are thinking like, oh, it doesn't really add anything to the show. It ruins it. And I know that it leads to some questions that are unanswered, but you also have to remember, we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and so it's kind of, I can't be sitting here getting all up in arms like, oh my gosh, they're ruining the book series. 
I've read this book series so many times. Like, how could they do this? I'm not going to get up in arms. I haven't seen it yet. After I've seen the season, if I feel that way, I will definitely share that. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to have some different interpretations. It's going to go in some different directions. And I'm not willing to judge it before I've seen it. What are your thoughts on that, Dylan? So I just want to come right out and start off by saying that I 100% agree with the last statement that you made there, which is that I am going to watch this the season of the show. I am hopefully going to enjoy this first season of the show, and I am going to reserve final judgment for this until I have actually seen what is put on screen. Because I feel like as a fan of the series, it deserves that much of a chance to succeed. And I would love to see a direct translation from book to screen. However, in our first episode, we came right out and said, that's not happening. So as much as I might like to see a one-for-one translation, this is a different turning of the wheel. We're going to see similar events happen but not a direct one-to-one translation. And that's okay, because let's be real here, folks. If you got three seasons of Perrin waiting around to rescue Fael, would you be happy? The answer is no. We don't want a direct one-for-one translation of every little detail we see there. To me, I am perfectly fine if the showrunners, if Rafi wants to make Rand's coat blue instead of red. I don't care about that. I don't care if he makes Perrin bald instead of having curly, thick hair. Well, I think he's going to have well, the curly, now. thick hair anyway. Well, now, hold on. You can't say that. <laughs> That's taking it too far. But, no, what I'm getting at is, for me personally, I am 100% fine seeing a different iteration of the Wheel of Time put on screen that are in the books as long as the changes that are made are done for a valid reason whether that's television budget whether that is to not confuse the audience as much by having 20 different characters with the same name or 20 characters that do like minor roles that are one-offs if they condense all that down into like maybe like one or two people that's fine I am fine with all these changes. However, the large changes that, in my opinion, are done that could harm the sh- harm the show, harm the series, that is where I start to have a little bit of a problem. And like Mike said, I 100% feel like it's going to be Rand. This back and forth of is the dragon a boy or a girl is done for the new viewers of the show that have not read the books if they made the dragon reborn Nynaeve if they made the dragon reborn Moraine if they made the dragon reborn Egwene or any other female Chandler that would be taking it way too far and that would distance the show from all of the book readers who want to see the series they love portrayed on screen and that would include myself however i feel like giving the possibility to make the dragon reborn a a girl as opposed to just a man is kind of creating some needless drama 
and I don't know if this is being done to kind of give the book readers a taste of what all of the new viewers will be experiencing, wondering who will be the Dragon Reborn. Will the show take that next step in making the Dragon Reborn a Gwen or any other female Chandler and pull the rug out from under us? <laughs> or if it's being done for a reason that has been fully fleshed out, fully thought out, as I'm sure that an entire writer's room came to this decision that this is going to be the way they want to do it. I personally wish they would not have done this because it creates more problems than it would potentially solve, in my opinion. I feel like having it be having the Dragon Reborn be one of the three of the boys from Evansfield isn't really that different from having it be one of the five, including Egwene and Nynaeve. So I don't really see the need to go to like a one out of five for a, instead of a one out of three. That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, it also one of the things that I talk with Mike about, and this perhaps is where like you start to like expand upon the well if this then that rationale where mm -hmm. if a female chandler can be the dragon have there been female false dragons what prevents the eye from the what presents the eyes to die in the tower from creating their own false dragon to pull the strings of if they feel like they have the capabilities to do so um if the Dragon Reborn can be a female Chandler, will that female Chandler have to channel Sidene instead of Sidar? Because Moraine clearly mentions this man has been born again. We don't know if he's been born a boy or a girl. So does that say the soul of the Dragon Reborn is inherently male, but the body that that soul inhabits can be male or female so being inherently male in the soul to me says sidene must be channeled so that kind of creates a whole other an, a whole other line of questions where you're talking about like if the dragon reborn can be female this then this then this and you start going on and on and picking apart the storyline that we know of from the Koreathon cycle, including the drawing of Kalendor, having to be a male Chandler that can touch it, and not just any male Chandler, but the Dragon Reborn himself grabbing it. And I could go on and on with different examples of, like, if the Dragon Reborn is a female, then this. But the truth of it is, is that I don't believe that Dragon Reborn is going to be anyone other than Randall Thor. Mike doesn't believe anyone other than Randall Thor is going to be the Dragon Reborn. And this right now is creating a bit of a toxic environment within the fandom with Ugh. certain fans turning on others and just bringing out the worst in a lot of people. And I've seen some posts on Facebook that I laugh at because it is so true. The, the posts that I'm talking about are like, I firmly believe that Rafi is the dark one and he did this just to cause chaos <laughs> because he oh can. And it's so funny to think about like the dark one touching our own reality, touching our world to bring out the worst in all of us. But I'm going to just end my little analysis of this issue with this. It's going to be Rand that's the Dragon Reborn. If it's not, then 
will address that when it comes and I will no longer watch the series more than likely. <laughs> but <laughs> on top of that, um, please just, you know, be respectful of each other, whether you like or dislike the idea of a female dragon being a possibility because at the end of the day we all love this series that's created by robert jordan and we all would love to see it succeed so let's give this the chance it needs to have success yeah again um just seeing some of those posts on facebook and people just saying already that the series is ruined they knew this was going to happen and all this and i'm just like you're a very pessimistic, friend. Like, <laughs> haven't seen it yet, and you've already decided this is ruined, and it's going to ruin the book series, or it's not faithful. You also have to remember, too, that I'm pretty sure um, Brandon Sanderson was involved yep. quite a bit. Harriet is and, involved. Um, Robert Jordan's oh widow. God. Yes, McDougal, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was also involved, and, in, you know... Rafi himself has read the books. They're gonna they want to engage new fans and old fans alike. So they may be throwing things in just to throw things in right now to get us talking about the series, excited to see and whatever else. We don't know what they're doing. And also I thought I, I saw a tweet yesterday or earlier today about from Dragon Mount and they talked about how um, that this series is like the next turning of the wheel. So it's like another iteration of the events in the book. So that way they can kind of blanket statement like things are going to be different and it's okay because it's just another turning of the wheel. And so do keep that in mind. You know, things aren't going to be perfect. Right. And I don't think that it would be a realistic expectation to expect a page to screen perfect translation because that has never happened with any of the major fantasy series not game Mm -hmm. of thrones not lord of the rings not not the shannara chronicles oh god don't bring those up so let's just hope that the adaptation we get to see on screen is more in the veins of lord of the rings where we all will love it for Mm -hmm. its differences and despite its differences, and while we still maintain our love of the original source material. Getting out of this conversation with our skin intact, hopefully, without (laughs) too many daggers being thrown our way. Mike, what are some of your expectations for the series or some of the things you would love to see happen in season one of The Wheel of Time? love to see happen well i would actually like it if uh, it's tough to say because I'm, I'm going off of the titles from the episodes and like the clips we've seen uh they've left loyal out of pretty much any clip so i'm really hopeful that they bring him in and we get to see the setting um the way gate as well is I'm really excited to see how they do the inside of the ways because, you know, yeah. I've pictured things in my brain, but I'd really love to get a really visual and um, enjoy, well, enjoy that experience visually. Ah, oh, man. But also, like, I, I'm i really hopeful they expand a little bit on Tam's story in the beginning. Like, seeing the clip where we were in the, um, the, uh, the IE War, yeah. <laughs> and we had the, we had the knight there fighting with the Aielman, or woman. I'd love to get a little more 
of an image and like some events that happened with Ran being born on Dragon Mount and coming to the two rivers. That would be really cool as well. Like they have so many opportunities to stay mostly true to the source material and add on a little bit of these gaps that we had to imagine as readers. What about you, Dylan? What are some things you are hopeful for? Yeah, I mean, I think the ways are one of the things I'm most hopeful for and most excited about seeing. Um, because I would really like to see, like, if they make it so they can travel the ways without an O-Gear. I really hope they don't do that. I, I want to see Loyal. Loyal's one of my favorite characters in the book as well. Mm -hmm. He's just so cool. Um, but... I'm really interested to see how they do the inside of the ways. The other part from the first book that I am really excited about seeing is I really want to see Rand's fight in the sky with Shamael. I don't know if they'll do that in season one or not. I know they mentioned they were going to be doing parts of they're going to do book one and parts of book two and book three. Ooh, yeah, we should talk about what we think they're going to bring what they're going to bring forward from book two and book three. Yeah. But if I'm talking about just from eye of the world, I would mm -hmm. still love to see the battle of the two forsaken with Moraine, with the green man, with Rand at the mm -hmm. eye of the world, because it might be stereotypical, but with Rand reaching out and touching Sidine for the first time and just like wreaking havoc and destroying hordes of Trollocs and the green man just killing one of the Forsaken straight up as he's burning. I'm all about that. That that sounds really cool to me. I was just going to add on. I think the, so the way the Waygate clip was shown where they're walking up to it, the camera's kind of behind the group. Like, Loyal could easily be behind them still. Or, you know, it just not quite in with the rest of them. So I do think there is a good possibility he's there. I, I really, I mean, he's already been cast, so they're, yeah. they're definitely bringing him in at some point. But, like, I feel like, I don't know where, since it seems like they are going to be skipping. Um, the Camelon story? Uh, yeah, the Camelon story, which, it's okay. I, I mean, I could, if you had to cut out, like, a good chunk of the story, like, I could see that part being cut out and sort of layered in later on. I mean, one of my favorite scenes from the first book is actually Rand meeting Egwene and Gawain and Galad for the first time. Just kind of like falling off the wall and, and landing yeah. in the courtyard there. I think that scene would be really cool. Um, if they do, but I know they are cutting Camelot out of the first season here. Um, just they couldn't afford it budget-wise, I guess is the explanation I've heard. But if they do cut that, I'm going to be curious to see like how they do the introduction of Elaine to Rand. Well, I think that would be actually pretty easy. Um, okay. Because she goes to the tower, and that's where she meets Egwene and Nynaeve. And right. so she kind of falls in with them, becomes friends. And maybe Min comes as well. And then she's hearing about this boy. You know, Randall Thor. Ooh, he sounds interesting. And Min sees a vision of her, like kissing her man too and she's like oh i guess we're gonna be <laughs> sister wives <laughs> i know i guess that's something too and kind of sidetracking off on that they and i kind of don't disagree with it like 
having Rand's like instead of him being married to three different women, it's going to be like him in love with three different women. It's more, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Instead of polygamy, it's going to be uh, an open relationship. Yeah, which I think is a better way to uh, probably address that. Probably. I mean, I think that however that's done, I'll be fine with. I think if Elaine just kind of meets Rand for the first time at the Stone of Tear after uh, just, like, hearing about him from Egwene and Min and everyone else and be like, hmm, I gotta get me some of that in those corners, I think that'd be fine. Yeah, building that relationship up, like, meeting for the first time there and sort of, like, falling and spending some of that time together, that would be good. I want to let, why don't we talk really quickly about some things that we think they're going to include from book two and book three. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think personally, they're going to show the son, the Sean Chan, like coming ashore and maybe like having the Damani and like kind of in like maybe collaring like a girl or an Aes Sedai in that area. And that's going to be like sort of the end of the season sort of clip, you know? And so that way That'd it's sort cool. of like showing this new threat coming and that we know season two we're going to be dealing with that as well. Yeah, kind of like have uh, Rand fighting the Forsaken and then he beats the Forsaken and you think everything's good. And then you see, see the Sean Chan roll up and just start like taking Domani captive and that would be yeah. cool. Yeah, and I think that way it sets up really nicely for season two. Like, oh, like he beat these people and... He thinks, like, he killed the Dark One, but, like, now there's this other threat. And then you end up finding out, like, no, he didn't actually kill the Dark One. Now, book three is the one where I'm kind of, like... Well, hold on, hold on. I think from book two, <laughs> we're oh, going to see uh, some of the training done at the White Tower for Egwene mm. and Nynaeve. I think we will at least see Nynaeve become accepted. I think there's a good chance yeah. we see Egwene become accepted as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't really know what else from book two I would think is like necessary for them to include. Um, I guess it really just depends on like how far they take the, uh, the hunt for the horn part of book yeah. two into season one. They might have like it stolen to the like the horn stolen at the end of book, um, at the end of book or at the, uh, the end beginning of, the of book two, yeah, yeah. So have the horn stolen, have the Sean Chan show up in season one, and have like Egwene and Nynaeve start training there at the tower, and like maybe they just heard about like this other um, accepted, and that's where you hear about Elaine, and then it picks up in season two where you're seeing her there i book three though is the in my opinion kind of the tricky one it is because that's where rand is going to tear and you have like the side quests kind of with matt and um with perrin like chasing after him and everyone's sort of meeting in tear so i don't know exactly what would be involved in that my prediction is the healing of matt the separation of matt from his dagger taking place oh. at the end of season one so that he's not a petulant child for the rest of season two as well. <laughs> um, That's probably a good idea, yeah. I think that would just make Matt more likable 
going forward, mm. and they could even kind of laugh about it with the recasting of Matt for season two and onward, saying like, "You're oh, like a whole different person, right? You're like a whole new person, <laughs> exactly." It's so like heal him towards the end of there, and like not really show him again afterwards, and then like at the start of season two of the show, he'll kind of wake up as a different person, <laughs> so as Donald Finn. So mm. we'll get to like see that transition would be funny in my opinion. But I don't really think we'll see much of Rand's story from book three of The Dragon Reborn. I think what we might get more is the character building of Perrin from season mm-hmm. from book three. Because Perrin is really the main character of the three boys from book three there. Well we don't I would say get him a... and him and Matt are pretty evenly. I guess. Yeah, once I mean, Matt's it is, healed. You're right. It is mostly focused on it's pretty much split between Perrin, then Matt, and then Egwene and Nynaeve. But I mean, like, where I was getting at is in the book, Dragon Reborn, uh, Rand doesn't get a full chapter to himself. Like, he is actually, like, a background character. Like, you hear about, like, the things that he's doing or where he might be, but you don't actually get much point of view from Rand in book three. The really only part you get of him is towards the end, once he's fighting... Um, Bilal with Kalimdor. But, okay, so what else do you think you'll see in Season 1 that you're excited about? I Well, I'm excited to see uh, Teleron Riyadh as mm-hmm. well, and that could be another or another piece they bring forward from Book 2 and Book 3 is maybe experiencing uh that area as well a little bit more True. maybe even Egwene and Nynaeve and uh, they get the ring that helps them earlier on from Varen right since but Varen's not going to be in season one is she is she just cast for season two i think yeah that's true yep so maybe not that but <laughs> but again hold on maybe it's a change maybe Varen yeah. doesn't give them the ring in this iteration that's true that's very true. Yeah, I'm also, even though we know pretty much how it's going to go down roughly, I'm still mm-hmm. very excited to see Winter Night take place on the screen. Yeah. That will be pretty cool. And as you can see, like I'm excited for like all the battles and stuff that are happening. <laughs> Mike's like, I want to see the architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see how they are taking this beloved world and bringing it to life. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited for the battles too. And I hope they last a good chunk of time and not just, you know, quick in and outs type deal. Yeah. So real quick, before we end the episode here, we actually got another uh, listener message from our friend Meg over on Instagram. So I just wanted to pull this up because it's a little funny. Um, so throwback to the Emmons Field 5 album names. So, some album names she came up with are Straight Out of Two Rivers instead of Straight Out of Compton. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wine Spring Wasted. <laughs> so, Ooh. that's pretty good there. Um, like that one. But yeah, I think that both of those are really good. Um, <laughs> I got, I really haven't thought too much about the, uh, the names for the Evansfield 5 album there, but I think that sounds good to me i especially like the straight out of two rivers 
straight out of the super reverse. Yeah. Yeah. That one is really good. You could also do something like, um, <laughs> what is it Min calls Rand all the time? Yeah, I've seen like a wool-headed sheep herder or something like that. Yeah, wolf-headed sheep herders. I was, I was <laughs> like, how can I herders. how can I play on that so that it includes like all five of them instead of just Rand? But yeah, the bet like um, what is it that Matt's trying to catch? He's trying to catch a badger, right, at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. How to? Mm. Oh, I got it. How to train your dragon. <laughs> love it that's good that's good how to train your dragon that's good wolves on my mind yeah wolf got wolves on my mind oh my gosh Perrin is funny alright so as you can see we're kind of just like rambling oh paranoid right now. for Matt I feel like that would be like a song he would sing yeah we've kind of let this episode run its course we're just having fun right now um, so why don't we just end it here and so give you guys a look at what we're planning for next week with our episode so Mike what do you have in store for us for the schedule for next week's episode so we'll kind of continue what we're doing right now where we talk about some predictions and stuff uh, going forward I think we're going to really focus on kind of saying how we think the story is going to be laid out so this is going to be like legitimately our prediction for season one like this is going to happen then this is going to happen then i think this is going to happen so it's going to be kind of fun to see what i think um and what dylan thinks and we're just going to use the information we have available to us we're going to try to avoid talking to each other about it beforehand so that way we can kind of like give a pretty honest critique like oh i hadn't thought of that or oh wow like you know give uh be able to give each other a little feedback on what we think (laughs) um so i think that'll be a lot of fun I'm really interested to hear, um, and I know we've already said earlier on in the show to leave us any messages or any feedback via email, wheeltimerewind at gmail.com, or on Twitter or Instagram at WOT Rewind. But what you guys think the um, is going to be included from book two and book three into season one, as well as your thoughts on, well, anything to do with the show. As always, just be respectful, and we look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, so like Mike just said, we'll see you at the next turning of the wheel. Goodbye. Bye.